0: But claiming that the data is too bad or it's too messy, it's been too manly entered. These are the excuses that lazy people use to avoid having to uh, actually do work with their data.
1: Hello and welcome to this edition of the Black Line podcast. Mike, I think this is the first time ever for the Black Line. We don't have one guest, we have two guests. Are you it's, excited?
2: Yeah, I, I am definitely excited.
1: Um so uh let, let, let's get to it. Um from uh I guess I just saw you guys are you guys are now top ten um new adoption in the Hubspot app partner system, et cetera, from Demand Sage. We have two of the founders, Raj and Henry. Raj and Henry, wanted to take a minute and uh introduce yourselves to everybody?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I'll, so Raj, I'm a co-founder and CEO at Demand Sage. Um We'll tell you a little bit more about demand stage in a second, but uh, prior to this, we Henry and I co-founded a company called Localytics, which was mobile app and analytics, uh, mobile app analytics and marketing platform. Um, we grew that company to about twenty-five million dollars, and uh, it was acquired earlier this year. Uh, and so we've spent a lot of years uh, working on enterprise-grade BI for uh, for large enterprises. And one of the things that we found doing that is that we didn't have the, the cap- same type of capability to provide data science and, and uh, business uh, intelligence for a small company like ourselves, which was you know, about 150 to 200 people. And so what we're doing with Demand Sage is trying to bring that kind of enterprise grade uh, analytics and business intelligence, make it accessible to small and medium sized enterprises. Henry. Henry Chepala. My buddy, uh, Henry.
1: Yep.
0: Henry Chapola, co-founder uh, of Localytics, which, which Raj talked about, a little bit about. Um, I guess the one thing I'll add about that was, you know, Localytics was one of the first real-time analytics platforms out there. You know, it was really large uh, volume data play. And now, uh, years later, we're trying to take a lot of what we learned uh, and apply that to, to similar problems, right? helping, helping make smarter, better marketers and salespeople uh, on, through a demand stage.
2: Very cool. Yeah, I was I'm definitely familiar with local lyrics. so that's that is uh, awesome. And I'm I'm sure a lot of people listening, or at least hopefully they they are they're familiar as well.
1: Awesome. I I always thought it was too far away. Get it local. That was supposed to be a joke. Ah. Too far away.
3: Yeah, it, I took a, not a good one. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll good attempt, it. Doug. This is
1: this is why I'm in sales and. This is why I'm in sales and marketing. I I didn't make it on the uh, stand up circuit. <laughs>
3: Um, it doesn't stop you from trying, right?
1: There you go. We can right. all dream. That's that's the key, right? Uh, you know the difference between the great comedians and the not great ones is the great ones just tell more jokes, um, more attempts. What is it? You, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Uh, so what what led you guys to um, see this as the as, as as the place to build the next business? Why um, why demand Sage and, and why the specifics of what Demand Sage is doing?
3: So, you know, as we were, um, sort of the second half of Localytics was really about taking the data that we were collecting and, and kind of trying to supercharge it through, through data science, ML, uh, and other, other approaches and talk about some of the things we were able to do for our, com- our customers. Well, we saw like the, the immense value that we were able to provide there and then we looked at what it would take for us to do that with our own sales and marketing efforts. And it was just not possible. Like, I mean, it wasn't, a, there wasn't a fit there because of the, the, the cost in terms of people to clean up the data, the infrastructure to create your data lake and put it into a BI tool. And, and, you know, ultimately that data often ends up back in a spreadsheet. And, and so, you know, we, we believe that there's gotta be a better way, but, it took a few years uh, you know over the last 2 or 3 you no know, a lot over the last 5 to 10 years been obviously this transition to saas services and and more and more recently those saas services are addressing the entire customer journey for a lot of companies particularly smaller and medium sized companies and so we we saw that we could skip a lot of this traditional bi stack that cost a lot of money and is difficult to implement connect directly to SaaS services like HubSpot, pull that data out. um, And at that point, we maintain the meaning of the data. We know what it means, and therefore we can do interesting things with that data. It starts with just putting it into the place where a lot of marketers and sales leaders want to work, which is spreadsheet, and then giving you tools on top of that to start to extract insights without having to have a data scientist on staff or, you know, even uh, an analyst on staff that's going to churn through that data.
1: So that, that prompts a question that I think is on a lot of people's minds, even though they're not aware that it's on their mind. So I guess it's not on their mind, but it's like, um, uh, it's there. What is data science? That's a term that's getting thrown around a whole lot in a whole lot of different places. And I think, um, Probably not not always correct, so from from your perspective, someone who's listening um, what what does that mean data science Henry, you want to take this one
0: sure so and the, the, the name kind of gives you a lot right so let 's start with science is a specific method right it 's a hypothesis driven method of getting answers and learning things, right learn scientific method in school. Data science is taking that method and applying it to your data. So, uh, you know, we've collected huge data sets in all of these fields, in medicine, um, e- even in aviation, there's really, there's, there's examples of this, it's everywhere. And so data science is taking that aviation data set and saying, uh, why do airplanes crash? Which ones are crashing? What are the factors involved? How can we get ahead of that? Um, and this can apply to anything. And so when we talk about it in, in our little little bubble of, of sales and marketing, data science is using all of that existing data of which everybody has, they have more than they think and they have higher quality than they think You often um, and divining answers about what's working and what's not, what we should do more of, what we should do less of.
1: All right, Mike, here's the asset test. Cause I know man, you like bitch to me all the time about people saying data science, then they're not, or they don't know what, how, how did that definition stand up to, to your, uh, to your CLO? Uh, Does that is, get your it, sale it, approval?
2: It, it's spot on. And I, I love the example you use of the airline industry. And, 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 you know, I, I agree. We're, we're all swimming in data and, you know, trying to, 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 to find insights in there, have hypotheses um, that we can, uh, that we can extrapolate value from is, is, is huge.
3: Where I find like the biggest disconnects are in the definition of things like AI, right? Like that's where a lot of bullshit, right? So uh, a lot of what you need to do doesn't even require ML, right? Like just statistics gets you a large part of the way there. And for a lot of the people Talking about AI, it, it, it's really just statistics, either that they're doing or that they, that they need. And, and over time, you can push that further and you can do more as your data sets get bigger and more complex, and you need to go beyond statistics, but um, AI is an overused word, certainly. But Raj, adding Absolutely. dot
0: .statistics to the end of your startup name isn't anywhere near as sexy.
1: Fair enough. You're not gonna <laughs> Demand get sage, dot
0: .statistics. <laughs>
1: I just want to know what your Weissman score is. Um, they, they, they didn't watch Silicon Valley.
3: They found that it hit too close to home. It, right. so, exactly. so. I'm still trying to uh, forget about the Silicon yeah, they, Valley. Is it yes? That was still
0: when they were talking about the quality of the compression algorithm. So that, per, is, that is before the, it started to get traumatic. The show is still watchable, right? The, it's like the first The layoff half episode
1: hit bad. them too hard. The layoff episode <laughs> episode hit them too hard, and they 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 were suffering from PTSD after that. it.
3: Just, right. just brought back the PTSD. Yeah.
1: Um. So, so you said something, Henry, that that uh, I I want to dig into a little bit. You 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 mentioned that people have more data than they realize. I agree. But you said they have higher quality data than they realize, and and I actually, in my experience, I see a lot of bad data. So so. Tell me more about we have better data than we think.
0: I think that claiming that the data is too bad or it's too messy, it's been too mainly entered, these are the excuses that lazy people use to avoid having to uh, actually do work with their data.
1: Whoa. Right? Oh god. I oh, love data. Harry was... finally said it. <laughs> Harry, oh, I data you were the is the nice messy. one.
0: All data is messy, but it's manageable, right? And most of the data is coming from one source, right? We're either entering it into HubSpot, we're entering it into Salesforce, we're getting it from Google Analytics, we're getting it from, from a, a certain vendor. So it has a certain form and function. There are holes in it, there are gaps, but most of it is either predictable or we can, we can set rules on how to clean it up. Uh, we can look, look. We can look for anomalies in it. Um, there is a whole industry of startups that exist to simplify the cleaning up of data. It is not worth uh, saying. Oh, the sales reps enter bad data, so we're not going to use it to do analysis, right? Yeah.
1: Okay. So I, what, I
0: would. I would add one thing. I, you know, and Henry, I think that's that's a pretty
2: awesome. Uh, I mean, we could probably go on and on about what you just said. I mean, one thing is there's a lot of machine generated data out there mm-hmm. in the sales and marketing world. That data is probably the cleanest of them all. But like Henry said, you know, what
1: do you what do you mean by machine generated data? I, I don't know what you mean. I'm sure a lot of people, other people, don't know what you mean.
2: It's it, it's data that is not doesn't require a human to input. Okay. Okay. Such so as like an open, a click, a website visit, you know. Now, there there is holes in that data as well that you need to look at anomalies and things like that. Is this a, you know, is this a bot hitting my website? You know, those types of things. But it's data that is created that does not require a human to create. That's what I mean by machine. Gotcha, memory.
1: okay, okay, okay.
2: Now, that's in the sales and marketing world. In in other worlds, there's the IoT, the, like the, there's just all kinds of different uh, data sets. But in the sales and marketing world, those are two
1: examples. Are we Are we going to set a new record this episode for acronyms used?
2: Yes,
0: Bye. maybe.
1: Um, I, I'm not 100% sure, but I think Henry just called me lazy. I'm not positive, <laughs> I think.
0: You, I'm giving you it out because all you have to do is, is uh, just say that, well, you certainly use all the data and don't think your data is a mess.
2: So uh, you know, to your point, Henry, and I think, you know, a
0: lot of SaaS
2: organizations have done quite a bit of disservice to sales and marketing, um, to the sales and marketing world by selling this uh, thought process of, oh, it's a silver bullet. I'm just going to turn this thing on. And all of a sudden, it's just going to give me all the insights in the world. I don't have to do any type of additional work. And I, I feel like that is the way a lot of SaaS companies are, are going to market these days. Doug always uses the example when HubSpot started, HubSpot would say, Hey, there's this whole inbound methodology. Here's all the tools to do it. And then you'd sign up for HubSpot and people would be like, well, where, where's the content? Where's the, you know, where's all the, the, uh, templates that yeah, I that, can
1: just easily uh, that, that was the positioning of inbound made easy. Um, right? and they said, well, I thought it was going to be easy. So, I'm 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 going to circle back to to combine a couple of things around um, what you know data science and and the area around quality data not non quality data for, for the record I, I do think a lot of the data sucks and that's no reason not to begin utilizing it and 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 working with it but I'm done.
2: Hold know, on, today- one, one thing there. Do you think that one of the reasons why the data sucks, especially with human generated data, because you said it yourself, like. A lot of the data is it sucks. It's it's not clean. I think that's a byproduct of people's processes sucking. Sure. They'd...
1: Yeah, it's okay. not the data's fault that the data sucks. Right. Right. Um, it it it's uh, and again, that's why I said we'll 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 circle back to it, but I want to dig in a little bit more on the um, see see if I can get insulted by Henry again. That was that was interesting, that was fun. Keep it coming, uh, Henry. Um. So it is easier than ever to to get um, metrics, to have analytics, to to measure anything, to put a dashboard together, to highlight. I mean, I, we we are drowning in 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 data analyses of some form, and I believe increasingly that in the sales and marketing world. You could plot the use of metrics and the volume of metrics and you would see a pretty good hockey curve emerging um, process and the um, opposite in terms of intelligence. I think that, that the prevalence and utilization of data and metrics today is making us dumber, not smarter. Why is that?
3: So um, w- w- one thing that's related is this idea that you know it's it's all about the big data, right? The the, the more data you have, the the more answers you're gonna get, the, the better it's gonna be. And I think what what we learned and preached in the last ten years is it's not about more data; it's about less data, right? So it, it becomes a crutch of oh, I'm the data is I'm just gonna like you know. Uh, whatever, like um, have an ocean of data and I'm gonna like just extract the insights and they're gonna come and I'm gonna have answers. But that's sort of like, that is the lazy method in a way because it excuses you from thinking about your business, developing hypotheses and then testing those hypotheses and you don't need a ton of data to do so. You need to have the right data, you need to be smart about um, how you're evaluating that data. And so I think I agree with what you're saying that it makes you dumber. And I think that's because people think, oh, I'm just put the data into a machine and answers are going to spit out. Insights are going to come to me and I'm going to know what to do next. And it doesn't work that way. You, you still have to have a fundamental understanding of your business and, and you know, understand, develop hypotheses um, that you're going to try and then get good data about whether they are working, whether they are not working.
2: Raj, would you agree with, because I've seen this and preached it for probably 10 years myself, which is before you even just start like looking at the data, I agree, looking at a hypothesis, but before you even look at the hypothesis is simplify or, or create some simple question of what am I trying to solve? What What is the problem or thing that I'm looking for before I even think about do I have the do I have the data for this do I have the process that I can uh, that I can solve for but you know what what is the question that you're trying to answer um, would, I mean what would you agree with that statement even before the hypothesis
0: component I want to jump in just because this goes back to my definition. Remember you asked me, well, what's your definition of data science? And I mentioned scientific method, hypothesis-driven approach. Uh, so uh, I 95% in agree with you, in agreement with you. that uh, Most of it is, yes, what is my question? What do I need to do? Um, but I do think there's a, a methodology that needs to be adopted that's really important that says, whenever I do anything, how will I measure it? How will I know that this thing I did worked um, and is worth doing again um, and a lot of it we just do with gut feel right like we we try to I mean we do it in, our, in our processes we change the structure of a meeting and we say does it feel like uh, that meeting went better or not and we don't actually like measure out who spent what time on what minutes and you know think about all the data you could gather for the e- efficacy, efficacy of a meeting there's a ton of it but you don't do that you do the small 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 data approach of asking two people hey how did that go um, so I think that 95% of the time we're using data to, like you said, answer specific questions, answer hypotheses, et cetera. But I also think you need to have a, a general methodology for how you measure everything. And it's often using small data, like Raj said.
1: For for people that are, are not as familiar with, with the terminology, um, just real quickly talk about what you mean by the difference between big data versus small data.
3: So... The big data is often like, you know, okay, so when we were working with mobile apps, everybody thought they need to tag everything in the app, right? So there'd be folks that would have a hundred events or more firing on on a given app. And so then they would look at this data as like, I don't know what to do with this. I'm like, well, of course you don't, because like, it's not even comprehensible anymore to the human brain of what you're going to do with all these events they have they're just 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 uh, signals that are una- that you're unable to get so any like um insights from so instead it's like hey why don't you think about you know as as mike said like the things that you're the business problems that you're having develop from that your hypotheses and what you think might work like hey we think there's a bottleneck in our funnel over here if we try you know Three different options here, and we tag them and understand you know who's hitting them, who's not. Um, we can solve that problem and and improve our, our conversion rates. That's the right way to do it, and that's what I think of as small data.' You're, you're figuring out what data you really want and you're capturing that um, and and solving your problem versus capturing everything possible and then hoping that you're going to find some signal out of that noise.
1: Cool. So here's why, and and you guys went to the solution way too fast. I wanted to stay down here and, and have some fight about why everything's so bad. So I'll, I'll summarize two points. Um, I remember when I was much younger, one of the, one of the great quotes I was given, someone said to me, he said, Doug, data is like a, like a lamppost is for a drunk data is to the sales and marketer, what a lamppost is to a drunk used more for support than for illumination. Um, and, and oftentimes people will say to me, well, what's the data say, Doug? And my answer is, well, what would you like it to say? <laughs> and, and, and I think that's right. And, and, and how often does a marketer, a sales executive, um, a CEO presenting to a board, right? How often are we, um, presenting something and we go. Oh wait, no, that data doesn't. Wait, let 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 me find the data that supports whatever you know, right? And and so, um, when you measure too much, I think that's you know, you 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 can see whatever you want to see. Yeah. Right. That that that's problem number one. Now I think where where technology and this whole sassification of of metrics has has um, hurt us is. Um, is articulate it with good arts law, which says the moment you take a good measure and you turn it into a target, it stops being a good measure. And, and Mike's world is the perfect world for this, right? Someone said, wow, that email was really successful. It had a 7% click rate, right? Oh, 7% click rate. That's right. That's the target now. Instead of realizing, you know, the 7% click rate was the byproduct, right? The, the email wasn't successful, because it had a seven percent click rate, it had a seven percent click rate because it was successful, right? And so I think we 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 keep turning into we keep turning metrics um, into objectives, rather than trying to view them through the lens of of what is the signal that we're getting. And and further, we're looking we're looking to influence metrics, and this is what I want to get your feedback on specifically. We're looking to to impact metrics by event so we send out you know so email one goes out and this measurement gets done we say okay we're gonna do this email two goes out it's okay what was the click rate or what was whatever in in so we've taken the metric and we brought it too close to the practitioner um and and so you know they're it's it's like driving the car only with metrics as opposed to you know, letting that road unfold. So, so feedback on that, is that a fair characterization? What do companies, what do people have to do to address that? Um, thoughts, what stimulates you from that rant?
3: I think, I, I think there's two pieces. Um, one is how do you use the metrics? Um, and then it's kind of like, what do you, what do you collect? Right. And like the, the quick answer is, you, know, you can't use them, um too specifically, it's more as a guide, and you know, what do you collect? Everybody is measuring on too many different metrics, and I think you got to narrow in uh, and really understand what your uh, objectives are and figure out what are the two or three most important things um, that that you want to measure and and track. so on on the first one, I, th- I think it's really just about like, you know, you, you've you got a certain click-through rate that you, you say that you want to go for, a certain conversion rate, but it, it's not like you use that as, oh, this one was lower, so there must have been a failure. This one was higher, it must have been a success, right? It's, it's as a guide, right? It's a, all right, you know here are the things that I want to dive deeper into. These, this one was way higher than I expected. And so let me understand why it was and if there's something to be uh, learned from that. This one was way lower. What can I learn from that? And, you know, it's kind of like when you set objectives out. Um, if, you, if you sort of goal people too specifically on the metric, right? You know, the metrics are, you know, the goals are going to come down, right? Um, people are going to uh, figure out a way to uh, beat their objectives. And so you don't want to penalize people um, you know, on those, those, uh, those goals, those targets, um, nor do you want to necessarily reward them too specifically on it. Um, there's a place for that, but, but more or less you want people to be driving for better metrics over time. And you got to be as a manager or, or as, as a executive team. Okay. With people missing them, right. As long as they're showing progress and they're learning, uh, et cetera. And then I so think- that. The- yeah, go oh, ahead. go on. Sorry, go on. No, I was going to go to the second piece, which was around how many you co- collect, and and I think it's it's a it's a lot of the same. But feel free to dive into that one first, we can come back.
1: Because I want to I want to say something because I've been looking to get back at Henry for calling me lazy. <laughs> um, so so I I think what's important and and what what is ultimately going to determine how how useful metrics and data is for you is the questions that you ask as a result of that. And and Henry, you. Um, and I want to emphasize this, I, I, and if, if no one gets anything else in this episode, I hope they get that data science is a hypothesis-driven use of data, which means if you don't have a hypothesis before reviewing the data, the data is not going to serve you very well, right? So, so have the hypothesis. The question that you ask, though, is you look at it and say, did it work? I think that's a bad question. Because um, I think it feeds into this deterministic viewpoint that we have too much. I think a far more operative question is, here's my hypothesis, here's the data, what did we learn, which more naturally feeds that next hypothesis, and and Raj, that would cut come back to, it's not about did we hit it or not, so that, that success or failure, it's did we learn and is it generating more velocity, as opposed to did it work? So, so Henry, I think did it work is a bad question, and I think it is the question that gets used. Um, I think it's a lazy, you know, I think it's a lazy question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, whenever you're doing, uh, whenever you're doing a thing. You you can't you can't always ask you know what what did we learn from this et cetera right um, uh, how do you evaluate your how do you evaluate your employees it's not just on how much did they learn right at, at some point there is a what is getting accomplished and you need to measure what's getting accomplished right there's a reason why OKRs have a measurable key result component to them right accomplishment has to be measured in, in some level of this um, of the spectrum right. So it's not just that,
1: but, but, but that's not where, I mean, the the, not remember, I did say, what are are we making progress? Are we generating more velocity? Mm -hmm. Right? So, so are the vectors aligning? Um, what's your, what's your vector vector? Doesn't
0: doesn't that mean though that everything we do, we're going back to that velocity to see if it's getting faster, which is a version of, is it working? Did this thing we do make velocity go up is another way of saying, did this thing we do work?
1: Right. But, but then that feeds into that, that, um, that, that feeds into the idea that, that the failure of it was bad. And so you can't not, you can't take that mindset and not violate the component that, that Roger just talked about. Uh, Yes. At, yes, there's a component that if we're not generating revenue, then, 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 you know, in fact, that is a problem. If we're not winning baseball games, then, then that is in fact a problem. the problem. The, the difficulty is that, that you've got the metrics that are really easy to measure that have nothing to do with anything, right? And then you have the measurements that, that are, are byproducts of, um, like the worst thing a business can do is make the objective profit, because profit is a byproduct, it's not an objective. Um, and I think and we, so you need to find
3: that middle place that, that begins to get you closer and closer to causation. I think the, the nuance is that it's not the only question. It's, you know, if you're focused as that, that on that is the only question, you're going you're gonna to miss sort of the, the context and the uh, what you can drive, right? So, yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of the high level question, but then you've got to come next with the why. And, and, and what do you do about it? And I think in that the reason why the, the target did it work or did not is helpful because you're probably going to get the most learnings out of the things that did way better or way worse, right? It's easier to find.
1: Um, See, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. Okay. Cause I, I, I think that's the myth of business. I, I think the myth of performance is, um, the huge success, you know, ZZ Top came out with, uh, Sharp Just Man and all of a sudden everyone heard of them and I'm in high school and people are saying, uh, Hey, how about that overnight success? You hear that new band ZZ Top. And it's like, well, actually that's like their 15th album. They've been doing this for 30 years. Um, I I think that, you know, 98%, 99% of what happens on a day-to-day basis on a week-to-week basis is, is actually very, um, you know, is, 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 is not sharp. And, and I think that, well, go on, you, you, you had a response to that. So I'll, I'll, I won't
3: dominate. Yeah, no worries. Like it comes down to what the human brain can consume, right? Like if you're like, let's just say in, in the email world, right? You've got, you know, 30 campaigns going out a day, are you going to dive into every single one of them to try to do that analysis? Or are you going to pick a subset where, where you, know, you think that there's more insight to be gained? And that's often gonna come from the things that are um, away from your average, whether it's positive or negative. So it's it's not like there isn't stuff to be gained from everything else, but you know, as As a marketer, as a sales leader, you won't, you can only focus in on a small number of things and it helps you figure out what to focus on.
1: Well, well, so, so, so I agree that that's where the hypothesis comes in. I I think if you don't have the hypothesis, then, then you, then then you have that problem of how much am, am I measuring? Right? So, so you have a hypothesis that, that should, um, you know, when someone comes to me with, with a question about data or a question about, you know, or, or an idea around hypothesis, one of the first things I'll say is, well, if I had the answer, what would you do with it? Yeah. And they go, yeah. well, I just want to know. And I go, okay, then I'm, you know, th- then who, like, if, if we're not looking at something to influence a behavior, to influence an action, to influence an outcome, then, then you know, in essence, why are we looking at it?
0: Doug let's let's get to the brass tacks of this for a second.
1: Um Ooh, I, love that. I
0: send an email I send a campaign with you know to some number of people. Am I measuring the open rate of that campaign or not?
1: Oh, define a campaign.
0: It's a, a blast email to everyone on my list.
1: I think it would be a stupid thing to do that. Yes. I think that would be wrong.
0: So that
1: email that goes out You were not expecting user... that answer now were you? <laughs> It's fine. Um, That's part of what's making us dumber. So uh, every email
0: that I goes out, uh, obviously I'm using different words in my subject. And by not measuring the open rate, it becomes impossible to ever answer questions like, does using emojis in the subject make people like this more? Does sending email on Monday make people more likely to open it? Let me ask you a Uh, question.
1: Why do I want people to open my email?
0: Because... Because it says things, right? You put you put time into content. You you believe that this content. I want people to read it. Correct. You believe you will, Why you do want I want people. Why want people to read the it? content?
1: Why do I want people to read?
0: It? You believe this content will help you accomplish your business objectives of closing deals or upsells or whatever you're trying to do.
3: And I see where you're going, right. Doug. Like, hey, look, I want people to to buy more, right? I want to drive revenue. Yeah. I want people to be engaged. Well, you you can give me the answer. Then. <laughs> Well,
1: I'm see, see. This this is what I'm saying is there's there, there's a place between the the revenue, which is the final result, yeah, and 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 the um and 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 the activity metric, right, right. That that says, uh, and and I'll so so what I want. So by the way, the answer can be different, but um, let, let's use sales emails as an example, because I can, because I've got a perfect um. Illustration on this. Mm-hmm. I want conversations for my sales emails. Sure. What, what if I told you that, that I have data that shows um, the emails that, get, that, that gets the best at generating what we refer to as an engagement qualified conversation, which really activates somebody into a sales process, has a lower open rate and a lower click rate than the email that that has than other emails that have a higher open rate and a higher click rate but generate fewer
3: conversations. I totally believe it. And and the thing is like you know, if you're going to just measure open rate for the entire campaign, you know, that's not going to necessarily get you there. Now you got to start segmenting out things, right? And and yes, you want to get to conversations, but but the point is that for a typical marketer trying to get them to um you know, get down to a much lower place in the funnel and use that, um, it's, it, it becomes more difficult for them to, to uh, get value from it. So piecing out the funnel is sort of the, the typical way they do it.
1: Right, which is why we're getting dumber. And I mean, it, it, it explain to me why we have more data, we have more technology, we have more AI, we have more of everything, and open rates are going down click rates are going down, engagement rates are going down, trust rates are going down, cost for customer acquisition is going up. So all these investments that are
3: supposed to lower our costs are increasing our costs. Because people are, again, it's, it's about the how, what your hypothesis is and how deeply you're thinking about your market. And if you're thinking about your entire email list as one monolith, of course it's not going to get there. But if you sort of say, hey, I've got a message that I think is going to speak to, let's say, the RevOps person. It might like, be totally ignored by everybody else, but I think it's going to speak to the RevOps person. That's my hypothesis. I need to understand if you know, at, at various steps in the funnel, did it drive interest in opening up that, that email? Did it drive you know, so, enough content to click? And then ultimately, did it lead to a, a conversation?
1: So the, 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 the danger of what's happening here is that we're taking a complex system and then trying to analyze a complex system by breaking it up into its component parts. And so the the, the fair point on email is that it, a good email engagement rate correlates with what we'll call conversion. But and, and this is something that I still haven't seen any real progress come into the small mid market. And that is the ability to solve for an action, right? We're, we've got tons of data in our system and the Oakland A's in the, 2000s said we want to solve for runs
3: because
1: mm-hmm. we believe that if we you know you, as you score runs you win games mm-hmm. and it was oversimplifying this a little bit it was the pursuit of what actually contributes to runs being scored and runs being given up and and through that discovery they found certain metrics that were undervalued that had much higher impact on runs and other values like batting average that didn't also defensive metrics. That's why all of a sudden, you know, great fielding was, was brought down because of the cost of that, if you will. And we can't measure that. We're still stuck to measure each individual component and work from averages and averages suck.
3: Right. But, but that's the point is that you're, you can't be measuring, you shouldn't be measuring averages. You've got to connect it to your hypothesis. Hey, I think this is going to drive greater level of interest with a certain type of customer. Um, and, but, and, and in order to test that hypothesis properly, it's not like you're going to, hey, I have a great open rate and that's success. It's, you know, one measure of success because otherwise you don't know if actually you hit on a, a good theme. But then somebody got lost in the, the next level of detail, so it, it's one piece of context that you can't just ignore. But, but so so I'll
1: I'll share I'll share an example um, with emails and why why I don't like med- why I don't like monitoring the open rate of an email, and it's why I asked you what the definition of a campaign was. I do not expect my audience to open up every email that I send to them. I don't open up every, I don't open up every personal email that someone sends to me. I hate to admit that. Yep. Okay. Right. So, so what is the purpose of my top of funnel email? Well, over a 90 day period of time, I want people to engage with my email. I don't view, I don't, I don't view the eight emails I send in a quarter as eight individual emails. I view them as, as with other things that are happening, so, so A, my question about email, if I wanna know open and click rate is, what percentage of people that received an email opened an email in this quarter? What percentage clicked on an email in this quarter? Well, if I look at this email, and then I look at this email, and if you look at how, and you guys have to, we've talked about this before, if you look at how every marketer right now reports this, it's email one, email two, email three, email four, email five. Mm-hmm. Right? And no one's. And, and by.
3: Gone? So so this is leading into the, the second part, right? Kind of focused on the first part. The second part is that you ca- were calculating too many metrics, right? And you got to think about what are the one or two, maybe three metrics that actually drive success for an individual, for a team, for the company. And the problem is if you're like, okay, you know, open rates, click rates, conversion rates, I'm going to measure everything. Yeah, you're going to get lost in it. It's not going to mean anything to you. But if you go through and you say, you know what, what our primary focus, because we think it's going to drive the most conversation, is the number of emails a quarter. Not the number of emails a quarter, just number of people engaged per quarter, as an example metric, right? You've got to think about it. That You know, that's just really a, um, one sample. Like, but if you think that that's an important metric, Pick that, maybe alongside one or two others and so and drive it. But don't, you know, um, and, and don't get lost in all the other numbers. Make sure you're driving but, the, the things that you think are gonna be most impactful.
1: But I can't. Why? Because because the metrics, because because the way the data system is created right now doesn't allow me. Here, here's what I want to solve for. Ready? I want, I want stage two of my pipeline.
3: That's the action I'm solving for. Stage two of my pipeline. You want to understand how many people got to stage two of your pipeline?
1: No, no. I want to I wanna identify what are the key elements that lead to increased probability that I get to stage two. Right. Okay.
3: Yeah. So that's, that's so,
1: literally
0: so, what, we, what, what, what our company like, exists to do, right? right? And the way you do that is by taking all your, your audience of everyone that did your audience of everyone that didn't and like imagining it as a simple Venn diagram and just looking at what
1: the, um, no, 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 that's, that's totally there. You're, 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 um, it, it, it is not as simple as those that did versus those that didn't that that's not a scientific method that that's going to lead to all kinds of selection bias. It's going to lead to correlation issues you've got. Correlation
0: is not a bad thing or like
1: it's not a bad thing if it's managed correctly but it but if you start turning what we're doing is we're turning correlation into causation that's why that's why we keep falling into i want this email to have a six percent click rate okay
0: so this is this is one of my, my my pet peeves everyone everyone says that like don't turn correlation into causation i think you should because oftentimes correlation is good enough Right. If you look at a map right now, coronavirus is all over. You know, is all over the news. Right. If you look at a map of all of the places that have coronaviruses and all of the places uh, that have Wendy's, you could draw a determination that says Wendy's is causing coronavirus because the maps overlap. That's not the problem. The real problem is that Wendy's is are located where there's large population centers and that's also where coronavirus happens to be. So actually, if you went with the correlation and said I'm just gonna avoid all Wendy's from now on, you would still be avoiding the population centers and you would be decreasing, decreasing your risk of getting coronavirus. Correlation
1: can work. I, you know, so I'm, just, I, I'm not I, anti-correlation. But,
3: but the whole point of like, you gotta get to the causation isn't always the, the, the answer. Because sometimes it's like, hey, you know, something's working, I'm gonna do more of what's working, less of what's not. Um, and so you know, that works better in larger data sets with, in, in the consumer world, but, but, but sometimes you still get to a better answer without having to figure out what the causation was.
1: We, 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 we lost the plot, we lost the plot for a minute, okay? So, so let, let's go back to, to what actually stimulated this conversation. Because uh, we could, Lord knows, we could talk, we have talked about this for hours. <laughs> um, the, 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 my, my, the point that I was making was that I don't think did it work is the right question. I think what did we learn is the right question, right? Because I think that, that I want to stimulate experiments that don't work. Yes. I want to stimulate experiments that don't work. And so if, the operative, if we're asking the question, did it work? That, that creates a, yes, it worked as good. No, it didn't work as bad. Whereas what did we learn? So I'm solving for second stage in my pipeline, right? At oversimplifying this. So I run, um, and, and the specific experiment that, that I'm referring to with sales emails was everyone tells me my emails are too long everyone tells me they are. And you know what? If you're not interested in the subject, they are absolutely too long, too long. If it doesn't matter to you right now, they are absolutely too long, too long. And so the emails that I wrote to, to a sales VP that I brought on who had come from, you know, and, and he wanted to challenge me. So we, you know, so he sent out his, his traditional short message. It had a higher open rate. It had a higher click rate. He even set more, conversations with it and and the difficulty is with the way that 98 99 of companies right now measure this right there it, hey there you go higher open rate higher click rate higher right i brought fewer clicks i brought fewer conversations sdr has had fewer conversations connected to the emails oh my god that's horrible except that Suddenly, you know, when it came down to the operative piece, oh, wait a second. The, the number of times where we just we just adjusted a, um, a paid campaign for a client, cost per click higher, cost per lead higher, cost per marketing qualified lead higher, cost per second stage of pipeline, half.
3: I, th- I think we're saying the same thing. I know we are. I know we agree. Right. But the only nuance I think is, do you even bother measuring other things um, that that lead you there? For example, in this case, open rate. And I think what we're saying is it's a measure there because it, it may or may not help you uh, answer your hypothesis. It's a piece of the hypothesis. It's not the entirety of it, but it's a piece of the uh, the answer. So having that information, I think makes sense. If you look at it on its own, it's bullshit. Right. And, but it's, it's like more like a secondary metric. Okay. Did I get more conversations? Did I get more people to stage I, group? Why? And with who? So, with so who is, is important too. I,
1: I, I want to be careful that we don't get sucked down the, 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 um, the vacuum of, of specific metrics. The, the, the question you know, going back to the question that, that I um, badly want to dig into is the, if, if we, if we have the objective of X and we run hypotheses, so yeah, we're measuring X because that's the action that we're solving for. And, and jobs are dependent on, on, on achieving X. Is is the science of data not better off with the operative question being, what did we learn here to take away the the the, the success or failure of hypothesis? Because in science, a failed hypothesis is considered every bit as valuable as a um, as a successful hypothesis because otherwise you would only create a hypothesis that already had a really high degree of, of being true. And and how I mean we wouldn't have post-it notes. If 3M wasn't happy with failures,
3: yeah, I mean, look, what our motto early days of Localytics uh, was: do more wrong, right? You got you got to do the things that are are likely to fail, and and to the point, you can't penalize people for them because then they're not going to take those chances, and that's why you can't manage and and like you know penalize people, go, like bonus people based on these kinds of metrics. These are you know, guides of where you want to go, but you're not going to, uh, you know, fire somebody or, or, or whatever, or or promote them based on that. It's based on what you're learning and whether, uh, you're putting those learnings back into machine to drive, uh, overall goals. So, okay. all right, Mike, get us out of this
1: vortex. We're, cause we, <laughs> We've literally talked for hours no,
2: on this. No, I'm, I'm enjoying the, the conversation. It, it goes back to something that Doug and I have talked about, you know, a hundred times both on this podcast as well as personally, which is, you know, I remember an old mentor of mine said to me, Mike, never, ever, ever be the first sales guy at an enterprise tech company. And I was like, why, man? Then I get the most equity. I get the most – because you're going to be the hardest working guy You're gonna you're gonna drive the most pipeline, but it's gonna take you two years to drive that pipeline because the product wasn't ready for it. So then therefore you're gonna get fired, and some schmo is gonna come in and take over all of your pipeline, is gonna look like the absolute hero. And, you know, the same thing can be held true with with regards to marketers. The other piece of this as well is again, I think a lot of what we're talking about comes back to the silver bullet of SaaS companies promising. Uh, the world with very little work, and you know, and 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 that's what people want um, is is you know that silver bullet.
1: Yeah, I think people forget to ask an important question when it comes to how they want to use data. I think one of the problems is we. I think too many people try to go from from not using it effectively to um, world class use, which I don't think. You know, I think like the I think the operative question when you're looking at data and you're trying to assess things is are we putting one foot in front of the other, yeah, and and is that one foot being put in front of the other increasing its its rate of putting one uh, increasing its velocity, which is not to mean are we are we running faster, but are we you know covering more ground, are we getting closer to our desk, you know, are we collapsing in some fashion, the, the the point to that destination, and so like the first question should be um, the first way of using metrics should be, which by the way, does connect it to, to, I think Henry, what you said earlier, which is you've got data that you can use, right? You can start making, you can start making better hypotheses. I, I believe if you hypothesize, execute, learn, hypothesize, execute, learn, I believe it is impossible not to make progress if you maintain that three-step approach as long as you've got a clear objective. I mean, if you don't know where you're going anywhere, will get you there. But if you're clear on your objective and you hypothesize, execute, learn to, to, and the goal is to feed the next hypothesis, to feed the next execution, which again is what is that going to change? Like, what are we looking to change with that? Um, that, that you can't fail. I'm sorry. You can't fail to make progress. You could fail because you could run out of money, um, but you can't fail to make progress if you do that. Thoughts?
0: But you might lose. You still have to. Eventually, you're going to scale this this operation, right? Wh- whatever it is you're doing, which means you have to put some some guardrails, some metrics in place to know if the if if the things that you're doing. Are working out, right? Like so, you've done your hypothesis, and the goal of that is to learn. Okay, the thing that matters most for us, based on deals that are that get to the end of the funnel, or deals that get to the end of the funnel most cost effectively, or, or with the highest ACV, or whatever we're optimizing for, are these but, things. So we're going to turn this into some guardrails that we can give to people so that we oh. can scale this out and and, and measure along the way to know if it's working.
1: But but isn't that inherent in the hypothesis?
0: So what part of the hypothesis, when, you know, when, we, when we're using baseball as your example, right, we, we use earned run average and we use at bat average and we use all of these averages to measure the efficacy no. of our players, right? Like there's a reason no. not, these, these data, this data appears in the back of baseball cards, right? Because these actually, are...
1: Yeah. Actually, you're, making, you're actually making my point, thankfully you're not a baseball fan, so you can make the point really well, <laughs> is, that, is that the numbers on the back of the baseball card were sexy numbers on the back of the baseball card and they were as effective as open rates and click rates. They actually did not influence likelihood of wins. Unsexy numbers like, did you get on base? How many pitches did you see? Because they contributed to run, so so get. Sure, great, totally on board. Uh, So uh, you're right, I do not know these specific
0: baseball metrics. Uh, (laughs) I was really proud of myself, I didn't say sports ball. But There um, there are metrics there, like the ones you just said, that are what we're going to use but were, They were developed as part of our hypothesis and data-driven approach, but eventually we locked in on them and said, these are the ones we're going to use.
1: No, oh, no, no. Okay. So let, let, let's start off and say that in, in baseball, in, in sports ball, the, the, the operative outcome to determine whether you're going to maintain employment in, in positions of power is how many games did you win? Right. Okay. Now the problem in baseball is you can do everything right and lose the game, just like you can in poker. You can do everything right and lose. Okay. <clears throat> so the hypothesis was we believe that if we maximize the number of runs that we score, we will win more baseball games. Right. And, and so what I'm saying is like, if, if, if the outcome and the change and what you're influencing isn't part of the hypothesis, then you don't have an operative hypothesis that that meets the scientific definition of a hypothesis. But so I'm saying is, isn't your guardrail inherent in the hypothesis? But didn't, so the was your hypothesis, the number of runs
0: scored. We did we look at the day, we did the test. We determined that was right. And eventually you break down into the, the metrics that lead well, to more runs scored because you have to give guidance to no, your, you have to no, give some guidance to your
1: people, right? Hold on, hold on. That's not actually correct. What was determined was it, in, it was probabilistic. It increased the probabilities. Right. It was not right. It was just less wrong.
0: So what do you tell your players to do? What do you tell your, what do you, what do you tell them to optimize for?
1: You start telling them to, you start, um, look at more pitches, um, uh, take walks. I don't. But you've got metrics as late. Like, like you're, 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 me- you're, you're telling
0: them, okay, we're going to look at how many walks you take from now on. That's a metric, right? Like we're expecting you to take more, right? We're, but, we're expecting you to, to be more patient. at the Right. Mat.
1: Right right
3: See that in baseball like in marketing people have been focused on the wrong vet metrics right vanity metrics um uh, etc so it takes the scientific process a hypothesis driven approach to figure out for you what are the right metrics Hold on. what are the, sure. the let, me, let me forget about the word metric what are the things that are driving Success. No, no, I, we're, we're, but so, so let,
1: let, let me, let me be more. So I think the hypothesis, we believe that putting an emoji in the subject line will increase open rates and click rates.
3: Then it, it, it leads to a vanity metric. Hold
1: but on, hold it, on. But uh, is that a hypothesis? Is that a, is that a, is that a good hypothesis? Is that, is that an, is that.
3: Very surface level one. And it's usually going to be in something that's a, a, a lot more scaled, right? Large B to C, Um, where your job as a marketer is only to increase the click, the, the, the open rate. You know, that's not a VP marketing's, um, you know, metric. The VP marketing is going to be focused on more comprehensive metrics that are going to be a better driver of success.
1: So So it's a bad hypothesis. It's a bad operative hypothesis. See, what I'm saying is that what, what, what Moneyball did and what and what great data science does is it starts at, you know, it, it starts at the end. Right. And what and what's driving um what drives marketing and sales metrics today is 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 still very much of a top down approach. And 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 we're not because we're not incentivized, we're not, we're not we're not played to say, wait, let me, let me, let me propose something there are some that do this, but not, not many. Yeah. Um, l- let me do something totally counterintuitive that on the surface might look bad and in the first metric might look bad, but because we're looking to solve somewhere closer to where that causation occurs. Right. Right.
3: And like, if you're a good head of marketing, you're going to be focused on the underlying reasons and the overall goal. But if you've got a large organization yeah, often that filters down to the marketer as a vanity metric that's not a good thing but that's what it often filters down to now ultimately you want everybody focused on learning from these hypotheses and driving better success and the bottoms up i think is like you know in a startup it's going out and talking to the people that you're trying to reach and developing your hypothesis through that conversation and then testing that with a, you know, a wider group, maybe you bought a list or maybe you've acquired a list of a of hundred or 500, a thousand people that fit that goal and seeing like, Hey, is this a, an actual problem that they're having that I'm getting engagement on? Okay.
1: So, so circling back so we can bring some level of closure to people that are listening. <laughs> would your, your, your point that, that there needs to be progress. Right? Would that not? Would a good hypothesis should provide? Actually, isn't a good hypothesis the guiding the most uh, philosophy that you that, that you that you're talking about that needs to be there to provide guardrails?
3: Important thing, like developing a a good hypothesis and then, a, but part of being a good hypothesis is that you can actually get insight on whether it's you know affirm you can basically affirm it or, or negate it right like you know there's hypotheses out there that you just have no clue what to do with and that's not necessarily a good hypothesis so i think i'm agreeing with you that that the having a good hypothesis is the fundamental core of uh of, of progress
1: and and henry would that give the guarding the guardrails that, that you think are important
0: i think that we we maybe differ in methodology in terms of how we that in order for this to, to be scalable, we need guardrails that are, that are measurable. Um, but, but they do, everything stems from the hypothesis. That was, I mean, the first thing I said on this call was well, no, this know. is all about a hypothesis-driven approach. So it couldn't be more on board. I see. think but, there's maybe, maybe some nuance in, in what we do with the results of the test of the hypothesis.
3: And, and maybe just one thing on the guardrails is like, I think it's when you're giving tasks to a you know, college intern, right? You, you're gonna have a, a greater need for guardrails, right? As you're uh, you know, a more experienced sales leader, marketing leader, you don't wanna be giving them guardrails because you want them to try shit that um, you may not believe in as, as the CEO, as a, as, as a peer, but you got to trust their ability to try it and and learn for themselves. I mean, I can give you plenty of examples of like, you know, where, where, where we've tried stuff that like, I like, this isn't going to work. And, and you know, look, 80% of the time it actually didn't, but sometimes you find things that do and, and, and you want to have that, uh, ability to to find those those nuggets.
1: You guys have been great. Tell us, how does Demand Sage help? Um, let let let, let, you, let let's let you get paid for 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 the <laughs> conversation here. How does How does Demand Sage help solve these issues that we're talking about today?
3: Well, the first thing that Demand Sage does is it pulls your data, starting with HubSpot, uh, into Sheets. From there, it gives you one click access to reports that are well formatted and allow you to get deeper insight into various parts of your sales and marketing operation. We, we, because we're in a flat in a spreadsheet, we provide a ton of flexibility from there for more, you know, you know, uh, basic and advanced users where we'll allow you to have visual query builders um, or access uh, to the directly and create very customized reports that uh, hopefully give you better answers and help you answer out your hypotheses more quickly. So at the end of the day, it is, um, a, the effort to, uh, give a sales marketing leader, rev ops person, uh, the ability to save a ton of time and get more quickly to insights that matter.
1: Henry, feel free
3: to
1: Mike, or Henry, you got anything you want to add?
3: No, I'm,
0: I, I, I'm on, I'm totally on board. And, um, you know, a lot of our, our built in out of the box reports are based on hypotheses and they're mutable hypotheses. And a lot of the, the then next step analysis is actually validating and validating those hypotheses. So yeah, I think that's great.
3: I'd say the product is free. Um, you know, we plan to charge in the future for value added upgrades uh, uh, upgrades, and the implementation is like two minutes um well, and find on our
1: homepage I'm, I'm 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 loaded up for our next conversation henry i got a whole list of
3: them. <laughs> <laughs> happily happily mike, mike uh, anything okay. you
1: wanna anything you wanna uh,
2: <laughs> just be just being a listener for most of this has been uh has been quite awesome um and uh if you're using hubspot like many of us it, it definitely encourage you to to go check out demand sage um very very powerful tool
1: My hypothesis is if you spend more time developing your hypothesis, you'll you'll come out ahead. How's that? How's that for a meta ending? Thank you so much, everybody for joining us until next time. uh, The black line podcast.